11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Serena Maraquas. Serena, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, no I've been trying. I've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most definitely. And it, you know, it's, it's it's Perfect Soccer Podcast, but I guess I'm the We're- official. Uh, a non-soccer guest. Yeah, we're <laughs> the doing. First one. <laughs> yeah, we're doing. A, we're doing a remix here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> per- perfect soccer wife. <laughs> <laughs> perfect soccer wife edition, episode one, or podcast one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, let's just go back. I know you're an athlete yourself, um, and just take me through. I know you were a gymnast, and then you got into track and field. So, just tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so I want to say from the age of four to about 11 or 12, I did competitive gymnastics all the way up to the elite level. So at that time, the elite level is the level that you compete before you start to uh, train for the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, that year, if you guys watch the Ask a Soccer Pro show, you'll, you're, you'll hear uh, Quincy describe my story as uh, I broke my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, at the young age of, yeah, like 11, I had a career-ending injury, which resulted in me uh, transitioning out of gymnastics into basically any sport I could try out for and any team I could make, which was an interesting experience for me um, as a kid at that age because the only thing I had done up until that point was gymnastics and then um, kind of just playing games with family, basketball, softball, um, volleyball, wiffle ball, badminton, you know, just as like family activities, but not necessarily as like a sport that I would compete in competitively. So then I transitioned. This was around middle school. I played basketball, volleyball, ran track I did cheerleading because that was the closest thing I could do um, (laughs) to gymnastics because that is my first love and will always be my first love in sports Um, and then I kind of fell into track and field which is now my second love of sports so (laughs) that's kind of a a quick and hopefully brief uh, (laughs) introduction into like my sports life and and how I ended up with track and field. So you never tried out soccer? I did try out for soccer. And (laughs) (laughs) so my soccer practice, um, or I guess tryout session, my best friend did soccer. And I was like, okay, well, she enjoys it. I'll probably enjoy it too. So I tried out. 
And I was just literally running all over the field because I didn't know that there were positions on the field. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, you have to think I'm coming from gymnastics where it's just an individual sport and being thrown into, like, a team sport. And it's not like anyone explained to me the game before I tried out. I just went out there, and I was like, I'm just going to give it my all, kick the ball around. It's kind of what seems like it's happened on the field Mm -hmm. um, and try to score some goals. So I was literally running around everywhere, kicking the ball, stealing it from the other team, getting it back to my teammates. And at the end of the tryout session, the coach at the time asks me, like, oh, do you have uh, soccer cleats? And I was like, no. And she's like, you're really athletic. I love your speed. I love your enthusiasm to learn the game. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm I'm telling my story. Like, I did gymnastics for the last eight, ten years, like, my Mm -hmm. whole life. I just ended it, and now I'm trying out for uh, new teams. I'm really excited to, like, make my first team. And then I go the next day, because, you know, back then we used to post, uh, like, handwritten names on a piece of paper to see if you made the team. (laughs) And I look, and my name isn't there. So I'm just like, all right, well, you know, I guess soccer isn't for me, because I didn't have cleats, and (laughs) The coach obviously didn't see a talent in me to where she would want to teach me the game and the positions. So then I think uh, volleyball overlapped with soccer season, or maybe it was basketball, I can't remember. And so then I just tried out for whichever one it was, volleyball or basketball, and that's kind of how that uh, my soccer career started and ended. So, (laughs) um, yeah, there's that story. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. so you grew up in California, right? Yeah, Fresno, California. Gotcha. Um, so then, yeah, so then just track, what was the transition just going, you know, from gymnast to, to track and field? And then, like, how did you know, like, you were good at track and field? Um, you know, the beauty of track and field in middle school is they put you in every single event. So there's no one event that you don't do. Um, and having that background of being a gymnast, like, so – as a gymnast there's four events um and you're doing every event to the best of your abilities so track was perfect because you can compete (laughs) if you want if you're a hep like you can do what is that eight events and if you're a deck which i think is only males you can do 10 events so i can do as much or as little as i want to do which is kind of an easy transition when you're already used to competing in at least four events um so for that transition it it was pretty straightforward and easy my mom ran track um and she was really fast at her age the story she she used to tell me all the time was um she used to run barefoot (laughs) in track and field (laughs) and these stories um and her dad bought her these track shoes and it was her first pair of cleats and it's the fastest i think anybody had ever ran in history of her track and field team so (laughs) she also got to a really high level of track and field where she could run competitively but instead she chose to start a family uh, marry my dad and have me so i guess you could say i essentially ended her track career (laughs) (laughs) Um, but she was the inspiration, you know, behind pursuing track and field to the farthest, uh, I could take it. And I'm thankful for kind of her pioneering that aspect of my life and, and being that support system and motivation behind pursuing something that you want. So, um, hopefully that answers your question. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so then like when you get to high school and what, like what exact, um, events were you doing? Um, so high school was anything the coach was needing at the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my specialty was hurdles. I did hundred hurdles, 300 hurdles, long jump, uh, four by one mm-hmm. every now and then we do a four by four. Um, and let's see, was there any other random event that I would do? No, I guess that's it. Um, 300 hurdles was my favorite. I was killing it in the central Valley and 300 hurdles, like hands down. I go look at my times and I'm like, man, I was fast. Same for hundred hurdles. Like there was no match for me (laughs) in the central Valley, uh, with hundred hurdles, especially when I got to my senior level of high school. So, you know, freshman, sophomore, I'm, I'm learning, I'm competing against older, uh, older girls and then by senior year like i'm the queen basically of the central valley (laughs) all right and so so what yeah so what i kind of you kind of said it but like what age did you know you were like really good and you could like go like division one um you know i never really understood that there were divisions of college it was more so like um i'm gonna run in the olympics so whatever division i end up i know that i'm gonna get there eventually so it doesn't matter what division I'm in because I already have my eyes set on where I want to go and I'm going to make that happen in any environment I land in. Uh, this makes sense how you're Quincy's wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. Why we resonate so well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're very strong will. Like if it's something that I want, I'm going to get it regardless of the circumstances. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, I, I like self doubt is something that I hate because it's just like, how can I doubt myself when everyone else is always doubting me? Yeah. So I need to not self doubt myself because that's just one more person working against me. And if you're working against yourself, how are you going to get to where you want to go in life? Yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't like logically, it doesn't make any sense. So I can't be a hypocrite. Uh, against myself I guess (laughs) all right so I was gonna go into deeper questions later but how did so where do you think you got like that mindset from um I definitely think that mindset stems from my mom and my dad and seeing how they navigate my grandpa was a huge huge factor um in that mindset as well and kind of the environment I grew up in like Mm -hmm. it was don't doubt yourself. You can be anything you want to be. Don't let other people tell you who you are. Um, Just because you like a celebrity on the TV doesn't mean that uh, you should idolize them. They're human like you are at the end of the day, and they have their own flaws. So I think my parents and my family and my support system um, all did an amazing job just instilling in the fact that uh, you can be anything you want to be in life, how, even like that's like saying. Um, but actually, making sure that I believed in myself and the mm-hmm. fact that I could do whatever it was I wanted to do, and if it when someone challenged like, to try to tell me that I could do something, use it as a reason, prove them wrong, um, and mm-hmm. doing whatever it is that I'm saying I want to do at the time. So I definitely think think my fam just my parents, my grandparents, my sister, my cousins, like 
the friends that I've had over time that have just been <laughs> along with me on the journey and like reminding me like, no, Serena, you said you want to do this. So you need to do it and get that self doubt or sadness or whatever you're going through right now out of the way, because you need to be great. And I want to be great with you. So yeah. <laughs> I, think, I thank my support system and holding me accountable for, for making sure I do what I say I'm going to do. They're extremely valuable and, in this experience of just life and, and where I am today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then going back, uh, so what, what was your recruiting process like? Um, I um, got into most schools academically, or actually yeah. all schools academically first. Um, and then I was talking to my mom because I forget what meet it was, um, but there were recruiters there, and they really liked how I ran my race, my 300 race. They could tell that I put it all out there and that I just needed to be nurtured in that event, and I could really kill it. And so at that point in time, we entered conversations into, like, scholarships. And I was like, okay, well, if coaches are looking at me to develop me in this role, um, like uh, – 300 hurdler, 100 hurdler, sprinter, uh, long jump, and probably other schools who are interested as well. So my mom started talking to the other schools that I had already gotten into academically about providing me with a scholarship. Um, and Deuce Davis, uh, my coach, Deanne Bochester, was, was the, I want to say, the first woman in like hurdle history. She started, I want to say she started Title IX. I feel bad because I read a report on her in college and I can't remember all the specific details. Um, but I remember the meeting. We go in, we meet her. This is on our college recruit trip. And she says, you know, Serena, I'll, I'll give you a scholarship if you beat our hurdle record. So at the time, the hurdle record was, I want to say, 1434. Okay, or sorry, maybe what she told me if I ran 1416, she'd give me a scholarship. So I took that information back, I trained, and then at the very last track meet of the season, I ran 1416. I called her and I said, Hey, I ran the time. And she said, Looks like you're coming to Davis. So. <laughs> When I say, like, you tell me what it is I need to accomplish, I am going to hit that goal, and I'm going to do all the work necessary to hit it. So that's kind of my recruiting uh, story. That's crazy. Uh, as how I got to Davis, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, and what, what was your overall experience like there? Um, like my overall uh, I would say, like, both your sports career and and uh, in the classroom career. Okay, um, I feel like it, it's like common knowledge for Davis kids. Like we're the the uh, the athletes that actually enjoy going to school. But we also are like fast. Is kind of like the joke <laughs> mm-hmm. that we had while we were there um, because we all were amazing athletes, but we all like genuinely we're just using athletics as a means to pay for our education so I think that's why I had such an amazing experience at David because I approached it more so as like whatever I get out of my athletic career is already above and beyond what I expect it to be so the fact that I even ran professionally internationally it's like icing on the cake it's mm-hmm. like having your cake and eating it too because I came from the perspective of like I'm going to be a veterinarian and 
biological researcher and that's all I wanted to do in life was work with animals. Um, so the fact that I got to not only do something I love, which is run track and field, while also pursuing something else I loved was just amazing. And yeah, I just had a great time. I met amazing people both on the track and in the classroom. And mm-hmm. a lot of those relationships I still have today. And they're continuing to grow because now some of us are getting married. We're having kids. And mm-hmm. it's just the experience that you have with meeting friends in college is, is unmatched to any other experience that you have, I feel, uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you have the ability to even just go to city college or you know, state college, like whatever college, like I feel like everyone needs to have that college experience because I feel there's a lot of things um, you learn as just an individual and a person and things you learn about yourself that help you later on um, in life that I feel you only learn in that type of environment. Yeah, definitely. And then like while you were in college, like did you, were? I know you said the Olympics, but did you ever think you were going to like run professionally? Um, no, <laughs> I, I toyed the idea of running professionally, but I don't think I, I'm trying to remember back then, um, I didn't really think about running in the Olympics. It was always like, oh, fast enough to get there. That's <laughs> kind of the approach I took to it because yeah. I was so focused on like <laughs> becoming a researcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then as I, you know, continued to run, you know, I think that goal of getting there got bigger because every year I got faster and faster and faster. And I was like, Oh, maybe I actually can uh, be a contender in the next Olympics. Um, So I do think that my experience in college nurtured kind of that wanting, wantingness to get to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So So, I uh, guess that's a good question. I hadn't actually thought about that. (laughs) So, all right, so so you pursued going to the Olympics, right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So, 2016. So, so, what? yeah, so tell me about that experience and, like, what it was like training and things like that. Um, how do I explain? I mean, I feel like I have a unique perspective on it, you know, because it's – it wasn't an end goal that I was thinking I would achieve. So everything that I was achieving was all, like – this is amazing. Like, yeah. this is such an amazing experience. I wish everyone could have this experience and just, you know, do this. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I, I get to do this and be in this position where I can actually try to make an Olympic team, like, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, and in that pursuit, like, I met so many amazing people. I learned a lot about myself like the type of competitor I am my strengths um, my weaknesses and the type of athlete you need to be to run at that high level and 2016 or sorry 2015 um, I made it to what was it called it's like in I want to say NCAA championships what the heck is that meat call it's not trials there's some meat that i can't that i'm completely blanking on right now um but it's the meat before you get to the meat to go to trials <laughs> so, gotcha. that was the first time that i had made it to that 
uh, was it the first time or the second time? Either the first or second time that I had made it to that meet. And it was a great experience. I ran 12-9, which the minute you break in track and field for hurdles reference, the minute you break the 13 mark um, is basically an indicator that you can run uh, 12-7, 12-6, mm-hmm. uh, 12-8, which are all times that Olympians are running. So the minute I ran 12-9, I was like, holy crap. Like, I basically opened the floodgates because mm-hmm. now your body remembers that pattern and that sequence and that cadence, and you can build on that. So you're only going to get faster um, if you're doing the necessary work uh, that you need to to kind of build off of that time. So I think that's when the real pressure started. <laughs> like, yeah. I've got to do this now because I broke that 13 threshold. And that literally means like, Serena, you could run 12-7. And a 12-7 can make an Olympic team if you show up on that day ready to run. Um, so now we fast forward to 2016. I'm training. I'm hitting marks and times that indicate like a 12-7, 12-8. Which is phenomenal for me because I'm just like, this is amazing. (laughs) I'm having such a great time training. I'm also starting to feel a little more stressed because I'm like, do I actually want to run in the Olympics? (laughs) That is a lot of pressure. Those are a lot of eyeballs. I've never had this much that I would have never had this much attention on me. Is it something I genuinely want? So that's when the self doubt starts creeping in, right? Because you're Mm -hmm. starting to doubt whether or not it's what you want. So, (laughs) like, what am I talking about? this is what you want you've been talking about this whole time you have to do it um so we get to a meet in where is this meet i don't remember where this meet is i'm sorry for not having very specific answers for you guys (laughs) we get to the meet and it's like there's another girl there she is known to run seven uh sorry 12 7 12 6 is i want to say in that range 12 6 to 12 8 i'll say because i don't remember specifically mm-hmm. and she is the cadence that if i match i know that i'll break my 13 barrier and i'll break my 12 9 barrier and then it's off to the races for me because my body will know what to do it'll know how to do it and i can really hone in on that pattern um and basically compete like i've entered the big leagues so up until that point in time i had been having issues with my achilles it was bothering me i took some time off to rehab it um and on that day it was still kind of bothering me but i was like it's okay i can just push through this and then after i push through this race i'll back off and um like just rest make sure i'm up to par i guess with my physical health i talked to my friend who um is a medical professional in that field his name is uh, aaron flowers and he was telling me like serena <laughs> relax and i was like no i'll be fine i iced it for a couple days and he was like okay but what you're explaining to me is like indications of just like stress and it could break and i was like okay but i listened to you for the last month like i relaxed it i did all this stuff but this meet's super important and if i run in this meet and i hit this time then you know i can i can basically chill for a month because i'll know what i need to do for when that season or sorry when the big meets start coming up so I go to the meet, 
I'm training. It's still feeling a little stinky, but I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to push through this because I've always pushed through everything, any pain or injury I've had. And I've been set like golden. Mm -hmm. I'm telling my coach and I switched my track shoes. And this is the reasoning that we came up with why it popped is because I put new track shoes on because I had just got them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm about to run this super fast time in my new track shoes. (laughs) 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 And then, you know, the gun, uh, the gun shoots I take off and then the next thing I know I'm like rolling around on the ground (laughs) I don't know what happened and then I'm like oh man I snapped my Achilles and then my coach and what was funny was like the gun goes off I go down all the girls stop like everyone basically stopped running because they I I think they just didn't know what happened and they had to rerun the race again yeah, and I hope crazy. I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah. Um, so it was really weird because normally, like, if you stop running, like, that's it. It's like, you're disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like everyone is was just in such a huge shock that it kind of just, like, shocked the system, I guess. Like, yeah. every athlete that was out there and they recalled it back. Um, and the girls ran again. I obviously didn't run again because I could only run on one leg at that time. Yeah. So I go to the side, I tell my coach, I say, Oh, I tore my Achilles. And he's like, no, you didn't, you know, your coach is trying to make sure you're, you're emotionally okay and not trying to um, escalate the situation. And I'm telling him calmly, like, no, I did. And it's okay because, you know, we achieved a lot in uh, just in the pursuit of running. So, mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I'm just like reliving that again. So we, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. So, so was that, that was your last time you ran? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, which, it, yeah, I, the, my, yeah, <laughs> my last eight steps of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, yeah, I haven't. I haven't ran since then, so that was 2016. That was, yeah, wow, five years ago. Yeah, Yeah, time flies by. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. But yeah, I mean that was I mean that's crazy just like uh just, just the whole story just you know cuz you like you were just doing it and then you were really good at it and then you were just like all right, I'm going to try for the Olympics and you pretty much were all the way at the top. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got there and it yeah. was an amazing experience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, so are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Oh, after that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let's go for it. All right. So since you were a pro, you could still answer these in your in your own way. Um, what, okay. what was the most important uh, skill or quality that you felt uh, that made you successful as a pro? Um, I would say dedication and believing in myself and understanding that I have all the tools necessary to get to where it is I want to be. What's What's the biggest mistake you think pro pros are making? 
I think the biggest mistake pros are making is understanding that you need a team and and vain I mean um, like yes at the end of the day you are the one on the starting line mm-hmm. and this is obviously for track that is running that race but it's the team of people who helped you get there you're not there by yourself and I, I feel like a lot of times um, in any sport some pro players think, oh, I did this by myself. Like, I didn't need anybody to get here. I did this on my own. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe your mentality got you there, but it's the team who helped you uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally support you in your journey to get there. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what advice would you give to a young uh, track star trying to go pro? Uh, I would say if, if uh, what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> don't let anyone tell you that you can't get there um and then also make sure that you are supporting the team and building a team around you that can keep you in check uh when you start to uh float away in your neverland of thinking you're you're the you're the only person that's uh, aiding in your success all right so the, so the listeners could go back and listen to that twice <laughs> <laughs> Um, these could be track related or life related. Uh, what, what's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Yeah. I'm just going to say, I feel like that. Yeah. Just thinking like you, you did it by yourself because, uh-huh. you know, I feel like I fell in that too at some point in time, mm-hmm. um, especially in like business, yeah. uh, like, Oh, I did all the research. I did all the work, but it's like, as you mature in your entrepreneurship, you better understand you didn't do it by yourself. Like yeah. <laughs> you had a team of people help get you to where you are. Um, and I feel like that's the lesson, at least maybe for me personally, that I, I continue to learn every day and continue to be comfortable with and understanding that it does take a team to build. Um, just like it takes a family to raise, uh, or sorry, mm-hmm. a village to raise a family. Yeah. Um, so it's just really understanding and being okay with that, um, which I feel is is another challenge in itself is being okay with letting people help you and understanding that you need help. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree with you on that too. Um, and then what, it, what is, uh, what is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared, uh, if it didn't go well? Uh, something I would move forward with if I wasn't scared, if it didn't go well, uh, that's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I like, cause I don't do things that I'm, um, scared of. I'm trying to think what I'm scared of, first of all. <laughs> well, like, you know, like some people said, like, open a business because they never did it before and things like that. Um, or like uh, some of the players would say, I, w- I want to go try out for a European team. Um, I would say, I think I would say pursue, like, what I would be scared of now is pursuing a track career. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I think I, I like, cause I'm just thinking of the amount of work I would have to do to get back to the level I was at, at the yeah. age that I'm at and the amount of time that I would have to make a next, the next Olympic team. Yeah. That's something that I'm scared of doing. Um, but if I knew that it didn't matter, then 
yeah, I think I probably still will do that just because I'm curious now. <laughs> and I've always said I want to be a master as a master's athlete. That starts at age 35. I'm 33 now. Um, so I still got two more years technically to run pro. <laughs> I want to. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I'm going to throw that out there because right, maybe we'll, future we'll, Serena will we'll re-listen to this. We'll check, like, back, in, we'll check back in. We'll check back in two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, actually, you're gonna be the, you're gonna be the first one to get the bonus Quincy question because I haven't been able to ask anyone yet because he just gave it to me I think like last week. Uh, how do you how do you prepare? Oh, how do you prepare when you're unprepared for something? Couldn't <laughs> 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 couldn't even say it right. <laughs> I'm always prepared. That would be a Quincy question. <laughs> oh man. Uh... I always go into the room prepared and ready for anything and completely open-minded. So. And that, and that, and that <laughs> question, that question, uh, we came up with that question because, um, only one person so far that I interviewed asked for the questions beforehand. So Quincy wanted to leave yeah. that as the bonus one. So, so now, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, I lost it. I was going to say something, um, shoot i don't remember what i was gonna say but i think if you go yeah if you approach every situation uh just open Mm -hmm. and with other it was if you approach every situation without expectations i think that's how or i'm gonna say i know that's how you can enter a room uh being prepared for the unprepared all right all right are you ready for some more questions i'm gonna ask uh like you know what (laughs) so all right so how did how did you and quincy meet uh we met in college on a2 in the dorm rooms is that's how we met and then uh when did you guys start like dating we started dating 2009 uh 2010 so what is, I'm trying to think, cause you know, everyone at that time you go off your school year, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the end of the year and then the yeah, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was like when school started back up, which was 2009. All right. And then, uh, yeah. Then like, what is, what has it been, what has it been like to just be like a, a pro athlete's wife? Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I, I honestly, like, I think about that question because I'm like, what am I going to say when someone asks me that? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. You know, Quincy is Quincy. Like, we're all human at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. I like to imagine that it's the same as, you know, if he wasn't a pro athlete. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know because I don't have that experience. And I feel like in order to gain that experience, I would, what, have to divorce Quincy and then marry, like, a businessman yeah. so I can compare, <laughs> compare well, the two well, I mean, I mean, I mean more so of, you know, him being a pro and, like, traveling all the time, and I know Quincy got traded a lot, so, like, what was that like for you, you know, like, moving all over the place? Ah, okay, yeah, so when we're, we're dating, you know, I'm pursuing professional track and field, and mm-hmm. I told Quincy, I said, hey, you know, I'm not going to be following you all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> just be shacking up with you uh, all over the world as much as I want to do that because it sounds fun to just be traveling all over the place yeah. but that's in my mind like that's not how you get a husband from my perspective <laughs> so, 
And it's also just like, that's not what I'm trying to do right now. Like, I have my own career. I have my own life that I want. I'm still learning who I am as a person and what I want out of life. And you can support me in supporting me and what I want to do. And, you know, we had that tough conversation of I'm living in San Diego and you can do your thing. I'm going to do my thing here. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll continue to work towards uh, marriage and family. So that's kind of like... (laughs) I guess the experience of traveling or being or dating, I'll say, a pro athlete um, because I feel like everyone has their own journey. And then as far as marriage, um, he was we got married. He was at San Jose. And then, you know, you can't keep that same tune of like, I'm staying here and you and raising our kids and you're living right here. I mean, you could do that, but it might be, I don't know, it might be a little different. Um, Not to say that there's anything wrong with that either, um, but I like the idea of keeping the family unit together. So then that's when we started traveling. We traveled uh, from San Jose to D.C. um, And it was, I've only done one move, so it was amazing experience just because now I get to travel with my children and my entire family versus like us as individuals and us as a couple. Um, so I think it's a great experience, um, for the kids. They're not in school, so they're not moving around everywhere. Um, we're switching from school to school, which is a a whole nother aspect and dynamic of life that, you know, should he continue to play, um, will experience once they get school age. Um, Mm But that's another conversation that we'll have. Like, okay, there's school age now. What do we? How do we want to navigate this? Like, yeah. do we want to settle down? Like, do me and the kids settle down, and you kind of have your career, and then we visit as needed, or like when we can, or do we continue to travel with you? What type of lifestyle do we want to create? Experience? Do we want to create for our kids? So, yeah. that's like another deep conversation that we'll have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, yeah, you you guys were living in D.C., right? At the when he was playing for DC, DC United, yeah, well, Silver Spring, Maryland, yeah, beautiful. So was so was that so if you being from the West Coast, like what was the difference like living on the East Coast? Um, you know, I was really excited to live on the East Coast because I wanted a white winter, and I did not get that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that too. I think I remember. That. <laughs> I was a little disappointed because the whole year you know all the friends that i had made it was like oh my god it was so pretty last year it snowed so much we were snowed in it was like 10 feet snow we had to shovel all our cars out so they're like gassing up the whole experience and then like winter comes and it's literally like two inches of snow if that and i'm like you got what kind of white winter is this and they're like i don't know it's so weird and then the year this past year um apparently it was an actual white winter so just like so the one year that i traveled to the east coast it's not a white winter and then the year i leave it is like what the heck so yeah i'm a little bummed about that experience don't worry uh, on the east coast <laughs> Well, I lived in Connecticut all my life, and it's not—it's not as fun as you—you you make it seem. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, all right, you ready for some fun questions? Yes. All right, what's your what's your favorite song right now? Oh, my favorite song right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of the last song I heard. Like, there's so many children's songs playing in my head. <laughs> oh, I really like Doja Cat Streaks. That's kind of the song that's stuck in my head right now. So I'll say that's my favorite song right now. And then my favorite kid song right now is The Grand Old Duke of York because that song's <laughs> stuck in my head as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what, do, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, workout. <laughs> sleep (laughs) well that's the other thing i was gonna say since you were an athlete pro athlete like um you think that was like easier for that you versus somebody that isn't to marry a pro athlete um i think it is just because we both come from the understanding of like sometimes after a hard workout when i come home it's not you i just need some alone alone time to decompress um, which I feel is it may be harder for people who aren't in sports because maybe they take it personal, like, oh, yeah. well, I just want to help you. Yeah. And it's like, you can help me by, and this may sound like asshole-ish, <laughs> but you can help me by leaving me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel like because we both have that experience being in athletics and especially like me being in individual sports, it's like, I understand where he's coming from when it's been a hard day at practice. Like, (laughs) yes, I want to love all on you when you get home and make you feel better. But I understand, you know, maybe in this moment, you just need to be by yourself so you can take a nap and feel better about your day. And then the same for me, like if I was coming home and I'm just looking at him like, do not talk to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, for leave sure. me alone. I had a hard workout. I'm tired. I need a nap. I will level on you after I have my nap and then we can be set. So I do think athletes marrying each other uh, is helpful yeah. <laughs> just in navigating that. Yeah. Um, at least from my experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I, oh, I forgot to ask you, um, the Black Players for Change, I know Quincy is a co-founder and you're a director on there. What, what's that been like and like, how's it been going? Yeah, no, it's been an amazing experience to just hear the perspectives um, of all these players and how open and honest everyone is in their experience of just like navigating the world as a black man navigating the soccer space as a black man and where they see themselves so it's it's been pretty cool to kind of see the evolution of the group and of the guys Mm -hmm. in comparison to in or not comparison but kind of like um the types of conversations they were having at the beginning of the organization versus the conversations they're having now Mm -hmm. has definitely evolved um from just like i have this problem how do we solve it to okay this is the solution to this problem that we had at the beginning of the year so those types of conversations conversations on just personal development and people understanding that even though they might be doing things that they think are helpful it's actually not helpful and them understanding why it's not helpful and then being apologetic about not knowing how they weren't being helpful so (laughs) um it's 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 been really cool. I'm really thankful for the group just being open and honest um, and trusting me and understanding that I am, you know, navigating in the group's best interest, listening to all their stories, condensing them down and presenting them the way that it, they should be presented in versus how they've been present, presented before. Um, 
so yeah, I guess I just say that, that I'm extremely thankful for that group, mm-hmm. um, and my involvement and their trust in me in this process. Um, it's been an amazing journey and there is limitless uh, potential for black players for change. And I'm excited to just watch the brand and the guys evolve over the course of my life. <laughs> yeah. And didn't, didn't you guys just, um, partner with the N- NWSO? NWSO. Um, yeah, you're talking about black, uh, women's player collective. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So that's the first women's organization that we've partnered with and the girls are amazing. I mean, just hearing the conversations that Quincy has and where they're at and what they're trying to do, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's really cool to have, or I guess to support, uh, the black women mm-hmm. uh, in soccer because I know that they were not feeling supported mm-hmm. <laughs> in, yeah. in women's soccer, which is like a whole. And uh, when you enter the women's space, it's like a whole nother ball game. Like yeah. the issue, For sure. the issues there on another level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, my last question. I've been saving this one for the last. Who is faster? The last, last question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we got into fun, back to serious. To back, now we're going back to fun, and it's the last, last one. Who's fa- okay. Who's faster, Quincy or Serena? Who's faster? Yeah. Uh, me, duh. <laughs> 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 oh man, I can't wait till he hears that. <laughs> All right, did you guys ever like? Did you guys ever run against each other? Yes. So. <laughs> In 2000, do we, I do we have the footage or 12? There is zero footage of this. Uh. Um, Quincy was my hurdle training partner. So he would come out and this was when I, I told my coach at the time, I said, oh, I'm going to train for the 400 hurdles, even though I'm a hundred hurdler. I said, I want to train for the 400 because I actually love 400 hurdles more than I love the hundred hurdles, but I'm actually really slow at the 400 hurdles <laughs> in comparison to the hundred hurdles. But I was like, don't worry. I have enough time. I'm going to do this. So Quincy would actually come out and train with me um, for the 400 hurdles um, every now and then when he was in, uh, I think I was in Davis at the time when he was in Davis. So we would race all the time uh, back then. <laughs> we, we need the, we need yeah. the footage. Uh, we need the footage. Yeah. Back then, you know, we weren't really recording stuff. We were just having fun and not thinking about maybe we should record this, yeah. <laughs> but I'll look. Cause I know that I have pictures. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have pictures of, do I have, I'll have to look that up. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you? Yeah, so you guys can follow me at Serena Ameriqua on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. <laughs> and you can also check out my blog, serenesworlds.com. I haven't blogged on there in a while, but I will get back to it eventually. So, yep. <laughs> Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.